Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to oh, His God, Word proclaimed. The community of faith around us. And for the way that we uh, together, whether we're Methodist, whether we're Baptist, whether we're Assembly of God, whether we're Christian, whether we're non-denominational, we have the same task as that to share your love with our community, to open up the doors of the church so that more and more people can experience who you are through your love and grace through us. We pray that as we continue to grow in heart and in spirit, that you strengthen us to be in service to each other. And God, at this time, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So over the summer, with a little break next Sunday because of Vacation Bible School Sunday, we're, we're doing a, a mini-series on the Gospel of Mark, the, the first part of, of this incredible short, if you will, gospel of the works and life of, of Jesus Christ. And today we are going to be talking about friendship and how important friendship is when we look at our own faith journey. I did a, a quick little look at Facebook uh, this morning and a little, the little friends thing, you know how you have your friends on Facebook and I noticed that I have 1,811 friends. Now you all know if you're on Facebook, you don't ever see all 1,811 friends, uh, whatever they are posting. I'm sure there are several friends who don't post anything at all, but I was kind of curious, what do they really say? How many friends you have or how many friends you interact with? Well, the independent uh, newspaper, they did an uh, article on this, I believe back in 2020, and they said that you only interact with 27% or 27% or of those friends are genuine friends. So doing a little math, I realized that 27% of 1,811 is 488 friends. And e even in my mind, as I was saying that, and as I saw that number, God, there's no way in the world that I still have connections with 488 friends. You know, you think about where you pick up your friends from, you know, from, from high school, from where you grew up, previous jobs, previous, previous uh, cities that you may have lived in. All of these type of things play into those people that are considered friends on Facebook. In 2020, Kerry Newhoff wrote a book called Didn't See It Coming. And, and he wrote this book talking about how easy it is for somebody to get burned out. And he, as a pastor at one time, had to deal with, with burnout stuff. 
and when he was younger and earlier on in ministry, almost stopped being in ministry just because of the, the wear and the tear that that ministry took on to him. But, but in this book, he, he quoted a, uh, a British anthropologist by the name of Robin Dunbar. And we we're talking about how many friends you actually have. He said, you know, really you have three to five best friends. There are, there are three to five people that, that you really connect with. And then you have a, another circle of friends beyond that that encompasses about 12 to 15 friends. And then outside of that circle, you have what's called your tribe. And that tribe is about 150 people. And then everybody else is, is dumped into that, that other section out of that 150. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying that those people that are outside of your 150 are they're not important people or, or you don't have a connection with them or not. But we're talking about those people that you are close in relationship with. The, the, those numbers over, over the years are, are static numbers. And I've looked at it in my own life. I've seen how those three to five people have changed from when I was in elementary school all the way up to age 51. You know, I still have about three to five people that I can, can lean on and, and, and hold on to, but they've changed. You can probably look at your life and you can see that too. Those people that you really hung out with in elementary school. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I can still remember their names, Mike Carell, Shane Salisbury, Julie Sullivan, Tina McVeigh, you know, those people that we're really, really close with in elementary school. You know, I'm not really close with them that anymore. Then when you move into high school, those, those names change. When you move into college, they change, young adults, and it keeps changing over and over again. Friendship is still very and vitally important. We, we, we celebrate friendships. You know, if you, if you look at uh, Yahoo or you look at, at entertainment sites, you, you hear about people who are really, really good friends. You know, one of the early ones that I can really think about was Oprah and Gail. You know, they were always buddies and they were always side by side with each other. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, a couple of other people that are really connected as Friends. So I think one of the most funniest and, and odd pairings or friendships that, that I've heard about was the Irish author Samuel Beckett and the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. They were, they were close friends and they did a lot of things together. And I wanted to highlight the importance and the connection of friendship today as we continue to take a look at the Gospel of Mark. Our scripture is from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles where we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow along as well. A few days when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening on the roof above Jesus by digging through it. 
and then lowered the man and the, the mat was lying on, or lowering the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say? Your, to the, what, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, and he took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I think it's clear. Friendship is important. In another 2020 study by the Mayo Clinic, it states that friendship prevents isolation, prevents loneliness, and gives you a chance to offer needed companionship too. So, so how do we take that, and, and how do we place that on our scripture for today? Capernaum was uh, considered to be the hometown of Jesus. When he moved from Nazareth into the Sea of Galilee, he did about 85% of his teaching just around that area of Galilee. So Capernaum was set as their home base. It's where Peter lived. It's where he healed Peter's mother-in-law. It's where a lot of the miracles were, were close by. The, the feeding of the 5,000 was nearby. The, the, the Sermon on the Mount was nearby. All of this stuff took place right here. So as we heard last week, as, as Jesus healed the, 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 uh, the leper and was told to not go tell anything, word spread anyway about who Jesus was. And, and as Jesus started to gather people around in this particular house, it, it, it got packed. It got full because there was an open door policy for Jesus. Jesus, whenever he was teaching, would leave the door open and people would come and flock to hear what it was that Jesus had to say. So we get to the friends of the paralyzed man. The friends who wanted and to know that, that Jesus could take care of this friend that they loved and they cared about. We, we don't really know how he got paralyzed. We don't know if this was a, a lifelong thing or if there was an accident that happened and, and they wanted to, to restore him so that he could be running around with them again or they just had mercy and care for this man that they were taking care of. But, but as they came close to where Jesus was located, where, where Jesus was teaching, I'm sure some of their hearts just kind of sank because they knew that there was absolutely no way that they were going to be able to get a stretcher in to see Jesus. So these four friends devise this plan. Well, if we can't go through the door, why don't we go through the roof? 
Now, it's not like somebody going through one of the roofs in our house. The roofs there in uh, early, uh, early Israel, they were, they were easy to, to, to tear apart. But I'm sure it made a big giant mess as they were taking apart the leaves and dismantling the clay and removing the, the wood or the, or the tiles that constituted the ceiling of the home. But Jesus sat and looked at them, and I could see him just smiling smiling and understanding what was going on here. Now, the owner of the house may be a totally different story. But as the man came down, Jesus didn't really say anything about the man. But we hear that when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw the, the lengths and the energy and the time and the effort that they put in and knowing that their faith was the one that got that man there, he healed him. He, he saw mercy on him. He, he told him that his sins were forgiven and later to pick up his mat, his mat and walk away. So, so my question for today how can we be like those four friends? How, how can we live our lives sharing our love just like those four friends shared that love for our neighbors? I think the very first thing and the most important, most important thing for us to realize is that Jesus loves to see our faith. Jesus loves to see it when we, when we share and show our faith. It doesn't matter or, or it doesn't, it's not about checking off a box or, or saying that, we're something, that we have something complete. But Jesus loves to see when we are active in our faith. Jesus knew that as he was proclaiming that the kingdom of, of God or the kingdom of heaven was near, those people, those friends were living in that kingdom. They, they were already saying, you know, if, if Jesus is proclaiming uh, healing for, the, for those who are sick, for recovery of sight to the blind, all of those type of things, if those things are available right now, I want to live out my faith so my friend can have that healing. And I can see Jesus smiling at them and saying, you know, they get it. They get why I am here. They get what it is that I have come to do. James 2 verse 18 reminds us about the difference between faith and deeds. James writes, but someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. What would it look like if those paralyzed men or those men with, the, with helping the paralyzed man looked at the busy crowds and seeing the, the packed room going, well, you know, I have faith. We're, we're, we're just going to let, let him go, and maybe Jesus will come back later and he can heal him. No, it's through their act of faith that got that man, that friend, healed. 
reminds me of a saying that says that, that grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude, effort is an action. My friends, the same can be said about faith. Faith is not opposed to effort. When we have faith, we just don't say, oh, I just really wish things will turn out well and, and things happen like we would like them to happen. No, faith means that you act. Faith means that you expel some effort to, to move forward in your life. It's not saying that, that because I am a Christian that, I, that I've earned all of the stuff. We haven't earned anything, but it's by God's gracious gift that we receive and then through receiving we then move knowing that God is there with us God walks before us God walks behind us God walks beside us leading us in the way that he is calling us to go but we understand that sometimes it takes the help of faith-filled friends in order to move forward in our lives the paralyzed man could not have gotten where Jesus was if it weren't for those four friends helping him the paralyzed man would have been still sitting or laying wherever he was hearing and knowing that Jesus was in that town but couldn't get to him you know it's a blessing when we have people that will take us to Jesus in prayer and hold us up before the throne of grace and help us in our projects that require faith. Proverbs 18, 24 says that some friends pretend to be friends, but true friends stick closer than a brother. You know, one of the joys I have as a pastor is that I get to see uh, emails going back and forth or, or text messages going back and forth whenever somebody is in need. And, and whenever I see those emails or those, those text messages going, I see all of these people lifting up somebody in prayer, lifting up somebody saying, God, we, we need to, to be over this person right now. And, and seeing the joy that everybody has saying, yes, we, we are lifting them in prayer. Or, or whenever I see somebody needing a ride or, or somebody needing something from the food pantry or, or you, know, lay, you, you lay it down, all of the different needs that are there, there are always somebody that's there saying, you know, I know that somebody is in need and I will be there to help. Because I know for now my faith may help somebody else's faith to grow strong. My faith may be something that somebody needs right here and right now so that they know that they are not forgotten. They are not abandoned. They are not left out because I am there with them. And I think the most important thing that we realize is that our faith or our lack of faith can affect others. That's why when we have communion and we share in that prayer of confession where we always say because of those things that we have done, those sins that we have done, and for those things that we have left undone. 
I think sometimes we leave things undone because we don't feel like we have the faith to handle those things. I think sometimes we don't do things or we, we leave things out because we don't know if we have the opportunity to really stand in the gap like we feel God is calling us to do. And my friends, the best way to stand in the gap with somebody is just to be there. That's what the four friends did. The four friends were there for the paralyzed man. The four friends saw that there was no other way to help get this man to see Jesus but to bring him through the roof. So they got it done. My friends, as we continue to grow in our faith, let us not give up when we have the opportunity to share Jesus with others. We have to realize that, that faith is not just a personal matter, but what we say and what we can do can impact those around us. Paul understood this when he was writing to the Corinthians in the second letter of chapter 4, verse 13, when he says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we have that same spirit of faith, we know that when we go to God, when we bring others to God, when we have the opportunity to share his love with others, that God will move. Now, we may not understand how God moves. We may not see it immediately, but, but God calls us to plant those seeds and to be available and open to share that love with others. That's why this next week is important. Th these next three days, as we have children here in this sanctuary, and not only children, but I know we have volunteers who are not a part of our church that are, are looking at a place to serve because they see and they know that the opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference. It's not tearing a hole in the ceiling of the sanctuary, but it's pretty darn close. It's, it's tearing a hole to where their hearts are open to receive God's love and grace. Friendships are vital. Friendships are extremely important as we continue to move forward. I guess another way that you can say it is a, it's a way to have a covenant relationship with someone to allow you to hear the message of grace in a way that makes a difference in your life and the life of those around you. Let us pray. Oh, God. We are blessed by the stories of the gospel. And we know as you healed this man who was paralyzed, you looked upon those around him and you said, because of their faith, you will be well. Your sins are forgiven. Lord, we want to be like those friends. We want to lift 
those around us so that they may see you. We want to lift those around us so that our faith may strengthen them so that our effort, not to earn anything, but our effort is so that you may be known and that your grace may be shared with others. So Lord, we pray that you open our hearts to those around us. Give us the opportunity to see so that you may become real in their lives. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.